We're going to be South Side regardless. Chicago, come to the South Side. Like the fantasy island. With your South Siders, Shane Reardon and Gabe Ramirez. We're excited. It's going to be a good time. Go Whiteside. Hey, what's up? It's Gabe, and you're listening to the Southsiders podcast. Of course, myself and Shane Reardon giving you the best insight into the baseball happening on the South Side of Chicago. You can follow us on all social media platforms, Southsider 670. This episode, we were actually fortunate enough to talk to Chicago White Sox closer Liam Hendricks, fresh off his all-star appearance. We talked to him about the usage of the word complacency in the clubhouse. And we also talked to him about what gets him going. Some people need a pat on the back. Others need a kick in the butt. Which one does Liam need? you find out right here. It's the Southsiders podcast from 2400 Sports and the Odyssey Network. Did you think he was actually going to throw it into the stands? Because he deked you, man. He turned and he faked the throw, didn't he? Well, he deked me, so I started yelling because I didn't. I forgot that he had a mic in as well. So he could hear everything I said. So he could hear it all through the, the, the mic and the headset and everything like that. But I completely forgot that he had one in. And so I was like, okay, I got to scream to have to get this ball back. That, that way it worked out. That kid seems like he's got a great personality and obviously a world of talent. Did he fit right in with everybody this All-Star Week, Liam? Oh, he was great. Like, I think there wasn't pretty much everyone in that clubhouse was great. They all uh, understood this because it, it was a pretty young team as well, which is exciting for the, for the game of baseball in the American League. But uh, it made me feel fat because everyone was skinny and ripped. So that, that, that bit sucks. <laughs> you, you took a whole bunch of pictures and stuff with selfies with different players. And it's nice to see, you know, when guys are enjoying it as, as much as you did. Who were you dying to take a picture with? Like, who were you enjoying really – you know, feasting on that moment with Liam. Yeah, so there was obviously a lot of guys that I'd uh, I'd met in passing and hadn't really ever got a chance to. But uh, I think one of the big ones for me, I'd like taking a photo with the the Toronto's closer Jordan Romano because we were both at it at the same time, batted really late, and taking a photo with him, being able to pick his brain because you look at every other pitcher that they had on the staff. Pretty much, me and Jordan are the only ones who throw a straight ball. Everyone else's balls move too much. Yeah, Liam. Let me ask you this. I know you mentioned going into the All-Star game, that you wanted to chat up some of the pitchers and kind of see, you know, where their mind was at. I'm curious, what were some of the takeaways, things that stood out to you where you were chatting it up with some of the best pitchers in baseball? Yeah, it's like old dip, old grips and stuff like that are different. It's uh, it's wild. Like some guys get different results. The way they throw it's the, the mindset behind throwing a certain pitch that changes the trajectory of it. It's the, the – and it could be a thumb place. It could be a finger placement. It could be anything along these lines, which is fascinating to be able to kind of uh, – pick these guys' brains too. We have similar repertoires, but throw completely different at the same time. Wow, that's cool. So who throws a slider completely differently than you, Liam? Well, I was talking to Clay Holmes about the way they do it, and they're trying to like currently get the uh, the more of the sweeping curve. So it's like that that big bender that uh, like Michael King has perfectly. Um, it's it's that kind of realm of it. It's it's uh, it's a different kind of. It's still the same pitch, but it's a completely different pitch. I'm looking for depth. They're looking for sideways horizontal movements, and it's uh, it's just interesting the way that it's all about finger placement and hand and wrist and the way the like the way you want to perceive the ball coming out. It's uh, it's an interesting way of doing things for sure. Speaks yeah. basically three new pitches from Liam Hendricks in the second half of the season. <laughs> That's right. So what are you what are you bringing? What are we going to see? That's different. A little bit slider. Yeah, we'll, we'll start working with some stuff. I mean, it's, it's no point in trying to remain stagnant. So we'll always continue to work. But uh, it's fascinating talking to those guys because everyone has a different mindset. Like I love the way of like. Uh, like Lopez, like his story, Romano's story, Clay Holmes has been around. Like a lot of the guys there, it hasn't been a smooth transition. It hasn't been a smooth sailing career so far. 
and they've all been able to put it together to get to a point where they're they're all stars and they're able to kind of go about it. But I think that's uh, it's character building, dealing with the the ups and downs of the game, and not just being that first rounder who had the smooth ride all the way through the big league. We learned so much when you guys are mic'd up during the game. Did you hear Manoa's inning? Did you hear Alec Manoa's inning? Him talking through all those at bats with Smoltz and everybody. That was really fascinating stuff, Liam. No, I haven't had a chance to rewatch the game or anything like that yet. Um, but all, from everyone I've spoken to, they were like, "Yeah, Manoa's uh, Manoa's is great because he goes it's so authentic." But like, he's he's great as a person. It's it's fantastic. I got a chance to have a nice conversation with his grandma a lot of the time because she's just just good people, good family, good head on her shoulders, and that's what you want to see. You don't want those guys that, are, that have had immediate success to be come out like a bit of a dick. And so at least he's able to go out there and be a genuine human being. Yeah. No, it was so cool. And you know what's cool is, like, he missed his spots a couple of times, but he still got strikeouts. Like, that happens, right? You, you got you got to take it. There's there's lessons in there. Just try to do what you're doing. Try to execute. And even if you miss your spots, it might work every once in a while. Without a doubt. I still remember a pitching coach, I think it was in AA, where it was uh, I'd be re- very reactionary every time I'd throw a pitch that was not where I was trying to throw it. And it was one of those things he goes, no, don't. Don't tell them because, you know what, if you get a strike with it, they could think you're throwing a fastball inside, even though you're meant to be going away. It completely changes their perception of the at-bat. Liam, some people would say, you know, they would prefer, some people, not you, would prefer to, you know, get those couple days off during that all-star break. I mean, obviously, it seemed, it seemed to energize you. And do you feel like it's, it's going to give you that necessary oomph to go ahead and take care of the second half of the season? Well, it worked out perfectly because I had um, – when I got back, I was like, look, I can't take as many like days off in between outings and everything like that as what some of the time uh, earlier in the year was happening. So the All-Star Games happened to be on the fourth day, which was perfectly aligned to what we've been trying to get at, like no longer than four days in a row and being able to get out there and do it that way. So it actually worked out perfectly. Um, throwing it out, which is even better for the <laughs> from everyone here that's already told me, we appreciate you not throwing an inning. Um, so, yeah, there was a lot of things that uh, that – played it perfectly but I got a chance to throw and the best part about it was I got a chance to throw and warm up to a uh, an Australian catcher Michael Collins who I was on a, the World Baseball Classic team with in 2009 which I haven't had a chance to play catch or do anything with in a long time so it was pretty exciting that's pretty awesome Liam Hendricks is here with us on Parkinson Spiegel on 670 the score just got word that uh the lineup is set and Yasmani Grandal is in there. He is back. Eloy Jimenez is in there. He is back. Uh, no Luis Robert, so hopefully we'll learn a little bit more there. But, you know, you were saying some stuff over the break. It's like you guys are actually in a pretty good spot, aren't you? It's somehow you're sort of lucky to be there at 46 and 46, but you're right there with a chance to do everything you want to do still in this season. Yeah, we've weathered the storm of the first half. Obviously, we've uh, we had some some interesting series in there where we didn't do quite as much as we wanted to. We had some series where we completely did exactly what we wanted to and went out there and swept the team. But uh, it was one of those things where we we weathered the storm, we battled back, and we got to a five hundred team. And now we uh, hopefully can like cash in those checks that we uh, we didn't quite cash in earlier in the year and take that opposite of last year into the second half and. Uh, finish strong and hopefully get a chance to go back to the playoffs but uh yeah right now we uh we were able to take uh what five of six or the uh oh yeah Mm -hmm. four four of six against the last uh, against uh, four or seven against uh cleveland and minnesota and that was something that we were able to kind of kind of ratify where we're at and that's something that was a big statement for us being able to go out there against the two top uh, the two teams above us in the division 
going out there and being able to split the series in Cleveland and uh, and take three or four against Minnesota. And that was something that uh, really gave us that confidence back, I think. And hopefully we can take that in once we get our legs rested and everything like that moving in the second half. You, you guys are humans. So, you know, we watch this stuff and – we appreciated you saying the word complacent uh, when you were talking about it, that there had been moments where you guys felt like, you know, maybe you could roll out and just kind of win the division. Was there a moment or two that revealed that to you during that first half of the year? Uh, it, it's it's a little bit more obvious to me than most, just purely based on the fact that I deal with it almost every spring training, every April, and then have to kind of claw my way back to where I want to be at. And, um, yeah, you can just see it in some – some guys the way they went about doing things it wasn't the sense of urgency that we had last year at the start of the year or the sense of urgency that we had towards the very end last year and that's something that um yeah it's 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 hard to define it's hard to change but once you get that aha moment it clicks and you're able to kind of run with it because you put in that little it's not a lack of effort per se but it's like you you stretch that a little bit further you throw that a little bit harder and subconsciously you just you're putting more pressure on yourself which is uh you want to put the pressure on yourself, but you also don't want to put too much on there because that's what we did in the middle part of it. We came out April and May complacent. June, we put too much pressure on ourselves. In July, I think we had a decent month so far. And when you're talking about yourself specifically, Liam, I mean, geez, haven't given up an error run in quite some time now. What, what do you feel like, you know, as you're in that middle of that stretch in that May, June, July, and you're feeling good, you're pitching well, what do you feel like has been working for you specifically during that time frame? Well, the middle of the stretch, I was on the IL, so that wasn't uh, exactly it. But um, <laughs> um, it, it's it's all about just kind of getting out there and just being confident in yourself. You, uh, it's it's always crazy when you talk to pitchers and stuff like that. It's uh, you could throw a terrible pitch, but if you're confident in the pitch, if you're confident in the results, if you have complete kind of drive towards it, it's a lot more effective than a perfect pitch with uh, no conviction behind it. It's 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 funny how that works, but it just it seems to go hand in hand and. You get that confidence, and then it rolls off, and then sometimes it's the other team seeing like, okay, he's got this going. Oh crap, he's in the middle of, he's in the midst of something special right now, and then all of a sudden it takes off, and you, it works both sides of it, which is nice. When you have those moments of, of realizing that you're being a little complacent early on in a year, does somebody, does somebody get in your face to get your head in the game? Is it, is it needed, or you seem to be a guy who finds a way to get that out of yourself along the way? Um. Yeah, it's a lot less on myself and a lot more on my wife. She is, uh, she, she's able to pick those things. She'll be able to like tell me when I'm getting a little bit too big-headed. She'll be able to tell me when I'm a little bit too down on the ground and I've actually done better than I think. It's, uh, yeah, she's, uh, she's definitely the, the strong arm behind everything that I'm able to do on the field is uh, being with her, and, and she's able to recognize a lot of the things and, and pick me up when I need it. That that is a powerful, powerful thing, and not everybody is blessed with that in a relationship. When you when you see a position player who you, who you feel like can use that, can you yell at them? Like, can a pitcher get in a position player's face? We've always wondered this to get their head in the game. Is it even possible for a pitcher to have that gravitas? It is, but it has to be the right relationship. Like, you can't just go to everybody and say, "Hey, look, you need to pick it up. You need to do this. You need to do that." You need to have that built-up relationship first. It's a lot. There's a lot more backstory that has to go into it before a pitcher can do that to a position player. And certain position players, you need the right guy to be able to do that to. There's certain guys in this team you can. There's certain guys you can't. It's just uh, their mindset and the way they take criticism. It's um, yeah. There's some certain guys that I can get on a little bit, and there's some certain guys that I know better than. And you tell the right people, and maybe they have a better opportunity of getting it through to them. But uh, 
yeah, it's, it's a tough thing, especially being a reliever, because you're not in the dugout. You're not around him as much. You're not uh, kind of there in the trenches and that. We're all 360 feet away, which probably gives them a lot more sanity with it, with dealing with me. But <laughs> it's um, yeah, if you that's more of a starting pitcher thing. That's more of a fellow position player thing that they can uh, they can harp on it. Yeah, because there's some starting pitchers on your team that have that. Lance Lynn has that personality. Maybe Giolito could be a guy who gets on people. But we wonder if there's a position player who does it. Have you seen any any specific White Sox position players who who lean on people like that when it's needed? I mean, you're looking at the, the probably the biggest leader in this clubhouse. He's more of a lead by example, but he'll pull guys to the side. And that's Jose Abreu. Like he'll pull guys to the side and be like, "Hey, look, this is the way we do things. We need to make sure that we're doing the right way." But he's one of those guys that'll pull a guy to the side and really pick up this team. And he he knows that like he he starts slow and he comes on later. But um, yeah, that's that's his role. He's uh, he's the father figure in this clubhouse from the position player side. People respect him and look up to him and. You don't talk back to Jose because it'll end poorly for anyone else who's listening to that. It's not Jose himself because he's way too nice. But anyone else who hears that, <laughs> someone else is pulling themselves be like, "You better respect that. You really respect that man because he's done a lot more than you have ever in this game." And Liam, it's tough because, like you mentioned, it's all about the the people talking to certain players because some guys really need either need a kick in the butt or a pat on the back. And I think it's very important to know the difference between the two. Which one are you, Liam? Yeah, everyone has their own different love language, and someone, some people it's touch, some people it's uh, some words of uh, words of uh, affirmation. I can't remember the word now. Affirmation. Word, yeah. Words of affirmation. Some guys are it's the kind of you need to get on them and you need to almost bring them back down to earth a little bit. Uh, for me, I'm a mixture. It depends on what like uh, mental state I'm in. Um, I'm always a big words of affirmation guy because that's it's always nice to hear that. But some days it's like you need to kick me in the ass a little bit and like, hey, look, you, uh, yeah, you're doing okay, but there's a there's another level in there. You need to get to that, and a kick in the ass is the best thing for it. Yeah, uh, my 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 wife says quality time, Liam. I, you know that's that's number one uh, for her. So I I, I got to make sure I'm, I'm given that. Um, by the way, my son has a Lego. It's like an an SUV. It's called the Technique. It's got like gears. And I mean, it's basically as a motor, there's a chainsaw that goes in the back. Do you realize the levels that they're going to with Legos these days? Oh, without a doubt. I mean, uh, I've got Optimus Prime who's built in the, lo- in the locker right now who transforms without having to take anything off. So that's, that one's a pretty cool. You just open up the arms and legs. It turns into from truck to robot form pretty, pretty easily, actually. But, uh, yeah, some of these car ones, and there's, there's ones where you can get the car. It may not come with the motor, but there's implementations where it's like you can download or scan a QR code and figure out how to make it move and remote control by your phone and all this sort of stuff. So they're moving a whole lot of directions. I know they're coming out with an office set soon. Uh, I think that's in October. They're coming out with the uh, the Atari, because I've done the Super Nintendo, but they're coming out with the Atari one shortly. and. There's a bunch of cool stuff coming around, but I got a bunch of the locker to try, a bunch in the back to try and uh, to get done before the end of this year. I have never heard a more obvious endorsement opportunity <laughs> than this moment with Liam Hendricks and Lego. Have they been in touch at all, Liam? Uh, we've been reaching out to them, but uh, as you well know, Lego's a very synonymous brand with a lot of things. So it's like they don't really need endorsements; they're doing it right by themselves. Yeah, no, it's true. All right, well, big, big, uh, big series here tonight. How, how you feeling about stuff uh, with this team uh, at this moment? You feeling a good place? Yeah, I think it's great. Obviously, the way we finished, uh, getting guys some uh, 
some days off to try and recoup and just relax and spend some time with family and uh, and get get back to feeling fresh again is something that's huge. And the fact that we've already played 92 games and we have what 70 left is um, is a bonus for us because we get a chance to go into a little bit less than a half a season and uh, go out there and, and handle all we need to. But as you said, it's everything's ahead of us now. We uh, we our destiny's in our own hands, and we can go out there and, and take control. And if we do what we need to do, we're going to be just fine. Have you guys seen Luis Robert? By the way, is he is he down there with you? We're hoping good things for him. I haven't seen him, um, but then again, I've been in the training room and then doing a bunch of things. So I haven't really been in the clubhouse too much yet. So uh, I haven't seen. I haven't, there's a lot of people I haven't really seen yet. So it's it's not quite abnormal. I'm usually left to my own devices, which is, uh, I think, fine for everybody involved. <laughs> Liam, thanks so much for the time, man. Congrats on a great All-Star Game appearance, and um, I'm glad that you enjoyed it, and we always appreciate talking to you. Thanks so much.